0: hello and welcome back to another episode of right wing R. I. I am here with senate minority leader jessica de la cruz senator thank you for sitting down with us today
1: thank you for inviting me i'm so glad we finally get to meet
0: so first question i wanted to ask you you know as one of the few elected republicans statewide how do you navigate and influence legislative decisions in a predominantly democratic state
1: well it's tough I'll tell you, it's not easy. We're not even the minority, we're the super minority in the state. And so you have to be creative about how to get things done. And sometimes that means that ideas and legislation that we've introduced um, at some point, you know, in the following year uh, or subsequent years, they then are adopted by a Democrat uh, and they introduce the legislation. Sometimes it gets passed that way. We saw that happen this year too. I would say one of the most important things was building coalitions. You want to have almost an army behind you. And so the example that I give is uh, what's happening at Zambrano Hospital, which is in Boroughville. It's a hospital that um, surfaces the entire state for individuals with profound needs, but um, it's, it happens to be in my district. And it was on the road to closure and there is no other hospital uh, like it in the state. And what would happen is, if this hospital closed, we would have to send Rhode Islanders out of state, um, you know, Massachusetts or even further, and it would actually cost the state more money. Um, so we, um, you know, I, I thought, how can, how can we save this hospital? And it was through building coalitions with, um, with other individuals to use their bully pulpit. Um, as well. So, you know, disability rights groups, parents, patients, um, uh, nurses, whoever was willing to lock arms with us. We, we wanted their support and um, it was a bipartisan effort. Um, I credit uh, Senate Oversight Committee with, um, with, with, a, with a victory there, I would say a victory. Because if we didn't have oversight of what was happening at the hospital, um, I don't it just wouldn't have come to light, and nobody would have known what was happening there. So it was not possible without all of those individuals coming together and rowing in the same direction. Um, and then I would say, as the minority, we have we use our bully pulpit. Um, we use it respectfully, obviously. Um, I don't see that always in you know in all parts of the country but uh we do we 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 come out on issues all the time but we try to come about it in a way where it's respectful we attack policy and positions not the person
0: absolutely yeah i think it's definitely important like you just said if it wouldn't have been possible without getting all of these people involved i think that that's one of the biggest things that we need to do now not only as a state but as a country is get more people involved in all of these different you know, what's the word I'm looking for? All of these different like causes, Mm -hmm. I should say. If we got more people involved, things would be a lot better. I think a lot of times people, they'll give their opinion, but they'll more so watch from the sidelines rather than actually getting involved. And I think we need to educate more people on that because the more people we get involved, the better things will be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the other questions I had for you Um, What is your main goal as senator in terms of improving the lives of the citizens of Rhode Island?
1: I think lives are significantly improved when people can keep more of the money that they make. I think tax burden in Rhode Island is extremely high, um, and it stifles economic growth. We put in a piece of legislation uh, proposing bringing down the the sales tax to 5%. You know, we see inflation. And everything is costing double. So the government's doing really well because they're taxing, they're receiving taxes on that, on that, on those funds on, on those goods that have increased in significantly in cost. So, um, but it's not right for government to take right, we're like that because we're not in the business of making profits. We take what we need, and we're not a big corporation. So um, I think government has taken too much. We need to give back to Rhode Islanders. And I thought, our whole caucus thought, um, that 5% would make us really competitive with the states around us. And instead of having Rhode Islanders go to Massachusetts uh, and sometimes even Connecticut to purchase gas or um, other goods, why not keep them in Rhode Island? Because, you know, when you're done grocery shopping or shopping for Christmas presents or whatever it is, you go out to eat, you spend money. there in, in the state. So we thought that would be um, a, good, a good proposal, but it was, not, um, it was not received, well received by the majority, the, uh, the Democrats in the chamber. Um, but one of the other things that I think that we could do to make Rhode Island a really good place to live is improving education. And I don't think throwing more money education is really necessarily what's going to make education better because we spend per capita um, on each student uh, one of the highest in the country so it's not that we're not spending enough i just think we need to go about it a little bit differently
0: yeah that was actually one of the, the questions that i had for you um as far as improving the education system of rhode island i think like you said it's not about how much money we're throwing at each student i think that we need to come up with a more well-rounded education plan and try to figure out a way to get each student more involved in their own education so that we can shape it differently.
1: Yeah, I was talking to one teacher <clears throat> just recently, he actually just retired to kind of a different position, and he said that, um, you know, he was trying to teach math to his students, but they weren't, they weren't grasping it. So he thought, how about I make it into, um, you know, bring it into the sports realm where they talk about, you know, how your team's doing compared to other teams, and how many um, you know uh, points did your team score in relation to other teams, and and then the students started catching on and starting to be able to do percentages, and I think really good teachers do that. They see you know that there's a need, and then how can they creatively approach that need uh, that the students have. But I think what it really comes down to is. We were looking at um, a news story here as a caucus of um, a school district in Providence, actually one school that has zero proficiency, zero percent proficiency in math. Like, what can you do for those students? Because they don't have 10 years for us to fix the problem. They need solutions right now. And I think the solution is for those students who are in failing schools, they need to be given the choice with a voucher in hand to say, you can go to a different school. Take this money, find a school that suits your needs. And, um, and then I think that's the best way right now that uh, the best thing that we can do for students right now. Not to say that we shouldn't continue to work on improving education in areas like Providence and all over the state, we should, but I think it's unfair to trap a child in a failing school. Your zip code should not determine the quality of your education for those who are concerned with equity and equality even though they're not the same thing but those who are concerned with those things should be concerned for these children
0: yeah absolutely Um, for example the high school that i went to in providence they let you go there regardless of where you lived i lived about 20 25 minutes away from where the school was and instead of making it so i couldn't go there they were like let us give you a bus pass you can have an unlimited bus pass every single month if you live a certain distance from the school And we will pay for that so that you can come to school every day and i think that that was a really important lesson that i learned there was that hey you know they actually care because they want me to go to school here they want me to get a better education and they're willing to do whatever is necessary to make that happen so i think that more schools should take that example
1: they should and you know what there's some really great public schools in this um in, in this state and i think you know obviously the people who live in that community um ha- should have the first opportunity to attend there but then if you have room then allow students from other parts of the state to attend your your school uh, obviously you know we're not going to send somebody from Boroughville down to westerly because it's going to take you an hour and 40 minutes to get there but um you know why not why can't we do that?
0: So just that you know going back to the whole taxes issue and the whole keeping more money in the pockets of Rhode Island citizens, uh, how do you think we can address challenges faced by small businesses in Rhode Island and as well as support their growth?
1: I think one of those um, is the tangible tax, and we introduced that um, in february we didn't even get a hearing, I think, until later in the session. But uh, our bill, even though it was pretty robust, was not uh, the one that passed. But I'm very thankful that we that a tangible tax bill did pass because that means that small business owners um, their their tax burden is going to be greatly relieved, uh, um, lifted. So I'm very happy for that. And I think we need to look at all the fees, you know. People talk to me like, "Oh, I've got this fee and that fee," and and they go on and on and on about all the fees that they have to pay and registration fees and. Uh, so I think streamlining streamlining the uh, process, and talking to business owners is how we learn. You know, I'm not a small business owner that like I have a brick and mortar and you know I'm paying for employees, but those that do, when they communicate with us and tell us where there are issues then that's immensely helpful to us because then we know you know, what legislation, how we should target that
0: legislation. Yeah, do you think that <clears throat> there are any examples of states that have done this that we could take that example from?
1: There certainly are. And I mean, I, Massachusetts is a blue state and they're probably bluer than us and they just did a, a, a a surplus uh, refund to the people of Massachusetts. So, those individuals who paid into the system, who overpaid in taxes, they're getting a check, a refund. But, us, who's a stone's throw away, Little Rhode Island, wouldn't even entertain the idea of a refund for Rhode Islanders. I mean, we don't have to look very far. But um, I think if it's something is working, We don't need to reinvent the wheel. If we see something is working in another state, we can say, yeah, let's adopt that for our residents as well.
0: What do you think is a way that we can create a more informed electorate in Rhode Island?
1: That's a tough one because you have to want to be informed. And there's a lot of people who don't want to be informed, um, who, you know, and I was one of those people, truth be told, my husband would always have the news on, talk radio, you know, Fox News, CNN, MSN, whatever, whatever news channel he decided to watch that day. And I would get to the point where I'd say, shut it off. I can't take another word of it. And although I have to say, like since 18, I've always voted. I always felt it was really important. I was tell people, and my parents, you know, seeing them, um, how much they love this country that immigrated here. I knew that at 18, I was gonna be voting every election. If there was one, I was gonna be there. Um, but, you know, I'm preoccupied with other things. I've got, you know, school and um, uh, having children and whatever it is that was consuming my mind at the time. So I would take it in small doses. And it wasn't until I had my first child that he was going into kindergarten and I was researching the schools and I found out that he would be attending a school that wasn't performing so well, that's when my eyes kind of opened for the first time, where I was like, oh my gosh, I yeah, I I can't send my kid to a different school. This is the school my child is relegated to. That's not fair. Um, I didn't think it was fair. I think a lot of parents feel the same way that I do. And as I don't want to say like that was the gateway, <laughs> but it was it really was the gateway. And so I think it depends on each person. And a lot of times it's because they're angry because something happened, it was an injustice of some sort that they felt um, that occurred. But how do we get people more involved? We continue to have outreach, continue to, I do once a month coffee hours with my constituents. Whoever wants to come and talk to me face to face, they can do that, or they can call me and ask, you know, to meet up for coffee, but usually I hold coffee hours once a month. They can meet me here at the state house, which they have. Um, But, that's uh and i also think education i take my kids with me when i vote whenever i can uh and i explain to them why i'm voting and who i'm voting for and i i you know i don't know that my parents were yet american citizens where they could vote so i never saw them vote but um i think it starts at home and then hopefully our civics teachers in schools are teaching kids about the
0: importance to vote I think that that's actually one of the you touched on a very important topic there because a lot of people that I grew up with and even people from my parents' generation, they don't vote because they have this idea that one vote is not going to matter. Mm. When in reality, it it really does because one vote can mean the difference between your you know the person that you want to win. It could be the difference between them winning or losing. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the biggest issues. I see people, oh, I'm not gonna even bother voting because what's the point of it? They're not really gonna take that vote into account. It doesn't matter if I vote or not. They're not even gonna notice one person. But the thing is, you have that mindset and then somebody else has that mindset and so on and so Mm. forth. And then now you have a huge cluster of people that could really make a difference just by voting and they're choosing not to.
1: I won my primary because the uh, senator who held the seat, a Democrat, uh, had held it for 20 years and I decided to run. Uh, When he ended up retiring, another Republican decided to jump into the race and he was a well-known town council president and uh, I won my race against that town councilor, 13 votes. So when I say your vote matters and when you're saying your vote matters, it really does. Because imagine if those... 13 people didn't come out or imagine 14 of them didn't come out this would have been a totally different story for me um so absolutely i mean i'm not saying that you're you know presidential you know 99 times out of 100 uh, i feel like the state's gonna vote for a democrat nominee but especially especially at the local level here in rhode island it absolutely 100 percent does matter
0: so since we're on the topic of voting what would you say to young citizens who are just reaching the age to vote
1: yeah um i would say two things don't believe anything a politician tells you research it if they tell you they stand for something don't just accept it dig a little bit deeper ask them a couple more questions because and i say this as a legislator sometimes you know, when I look at the news, I see, especially nationally, I see, uh, you know, like Democrats say, oh, Republicans want to take away your Social Security. No, they don't. They they have families, too. They have constituents, too, that rely on Social Security. You think that they're going to take it away from, from their constituents and their families? That would be, you know, suicide. Um, so don't believe anything anyone tells you at face value. Research it. Absolutely. Just a little bit. It doesn't, it doesn't even take that much effort, you know? Um, and then I would say, we were founded with certain principles. And I vote for people who are going to preserve those principles. And those are equality. Those are of small government. Um, more power in the people's hands. Like, I love that we have an independent man on the top of our state house. But Rhode Island, I wouldn't say really espouses those values, but um, those are the types of things that when I'm voting for someone, I wanna know that um, they believe those things as well.
0: So obviously we have a lot of issues facing our country as a whole, but if we take a look at our state, what do you think is the biggest issue in our state? today?
1: I think um, there are are a lot of issues, but the biggest issue that I hear for people is it's just become so unaffordable. They're putting things on their credit card that they can't afford, like their groceries. And that comes about because we don't have balance at the legislature, because of bad policy decisions that are rammed through without any real discussion sometimes and a lot of times i've seen people come to the state house in droves against something and the legislature still passes it they'll be told that it's not constitutional and they'll still pass it they'll say well let the supreme court decide on that and that's the wrong kind of attitude so if we had more of a balance in the legislature uh, we could have real debate and protect the taxpayers, protect Rhode Islanders from the bad decisions that the supermajority makes.
0: I think that that's another issue that I've seen because nowadays when it comes to politics, everyone is so divided. Everyone is like, okay, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican, you're an independent. We can't talk to each other. We can't sit down and have a civil conversation with one another. I think that at the end of the day, what matters most is what we are doing for the benefit of our countrymen. And, you know, as far as like states go, worrying about what's going to benefit your state and your citizens. Because, you know, obviously I'm a conservative, but, you know, I'm not going to be rude to somebody who has a different view. I'm willing to sit down and have a dialect with you about you know, and just have a debate. I think that more people need to do that rather than, because all it's doing is it's just dividing everybody. When in reality, we need to come together as a nation, as a state, as a people, because if we don't come together and make decisions for the, you know, for the better of our country and for for the children, because they're our future, then things are not going to get any better.
1: 100%, but, um my pers- just my take on that is there are democrats and i would say progressive democrats who refuse to engage it is their way or no way and that's not healthy absolutely i i never i never grew up with that i i was always taught you listen you know when you're having a conversation, you're trying to understand the person, not listening to rebut their their arguments. And I could tell you that there's there's only the one progressive in the chamber that's willing to have conversation with me. Um, the rest of them, they uh, they're in the super you know they're part of the supermajority, They're not the super majority. They're part of the Democrat um, you know uh, caucus. But um, I think that's unhealthy. I really do. And it's it's childish, right? you have to be able to talk to people of different perspectives. And it's also, you know, that, I will say that they tout themselves as uh, tolerant, but it's like, if you're not willing to have a discussion with someone who has a different view, then I really don't think that's very tolerant
0: of you. I feel like that goes against the idea of politics (laughs) because not every person, even because there's even people on the conservative side that I disagree with. 100%, yeah, yeah. But... People are not willing to have conversations. And I think that if you're not willing to talk to people and see their point of view on things, why did you even enter into politics at that point? Yeah, Because that's the point. The point of politics is to talk to people and create some kind of middle ground where we can both benefit from it, rather than if I don't agree with you, I can't talk to you.
1: Or how about if I don't agree with you, you're evil
0: exactly you know it's like really that's
1: not conducive to a conversation
0: that's but that's the mindset of people nowadays especially the younger generation because since they're so since they're still developing mentally they're just regurgitating information that they've heard and then that just creates a more uneducated generation and honestly it's pretty scary when you think about it because a lot of people from my generation are very uneducated when it comes to politics and they're getting to the age where they're able to run for most offices. Like people from my generation, they can run for office right now if they wanted to, but since they don't really take the time to really sit down and talk things through, they're, it's very easy to get tunnel vision that way. And I think that that's a real problem.
1: And full disclosure, I'm gonna say, that the extreme of the the right the republicans have the same issue I, where i know some republicans will not engage in conversation with someone but i i didn't grow up in a you know hyper partisan home um, there was there was none of that so i grew up with a lot of democrats around me and i can even say most of my family are democrats people i go to church with are democrats i have friends that are, so i i have to differentiate between the people who identify themselves as Democrats, voters, and those who actually legislate. Uh, because do I hate my family? No. Do I hate the people I go to charge with? No. I think they're really good people. And a lot of times we agree on a lot of the issues. There are gonna be some things we disagree on, but it's not to the point where I'm gonna say, like, I hate that person. That's ridiculous. You know.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I've gone through the exact same thing. Growing up, the majority of my family is Democrat and the second that I was of age to start voting everyone's like oh cool you're of age to start voting what are you gonna do and I'm just like I'm going Republican <laughs> and then a couple people in my family they were like what the first time I voted I don't even remember which election it was but I voted and one of my family members was like oh I'm so proud of you you voted Democrat right and I was like no I voted Republican oh, why? and then they were like I'm not proud of you anymore and I was like shouldn't you be happy that I'm trying to push things forward to make this country better? Like at the end of the day, regardless of where you stand politically, there is one goal to make this country better Yeah. regardless of where you stand. But no one sees it that way. They see it as a very divisive, you know, a very divisive thing. And it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you was um, obviously, since there are so many issues that could be talked about in the Senate, how do you prioritize what you bring up and when, considering that there are so many issues and also that, as we said before, it's a, there's very few Republicans in this state. So how would you prioritize?
1: Well, there are few Republicans in this state, but I think um, the issues that we care about are the issues that Rhode Islanders care about. You know education making rhode island a place where you can not only just you know live but live to your fullest and retire here you know i'd love to retire i'd love to my kids not to move far away to find better opportunities in a different state so i can you know be grandma and babysit whenever i can (laughs) you know i love that but i think what we um need to do is find common ground and what ben what's a benefit to to most rhode islanders and the other thing is I'm going to stay true to my beliefs. Um, put it out there. I, this is who I am. This is what I believe. Um, and then you know, just be authentic. I, I tell people, like, when they ask me, what's your best piece of advice for me? Don't be fake. Be authentic. Be your real self. Let people decide if they want to vote for you Don't based on that. Do not, you know, people see through the BS. They know if you're lying to them. And you put your positions out there, and people agree with you, great. If not, then you aren't the right candidate. But um, I always tell people that run for office as well that it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for Republicans in the state, but it's not impossible. And you need to connect with voters. And a lot of times, especially in the state Senate or as a, as a Rhode Island state rep, the best way to do that is to knock on people's doors. Introduce yourself hey, you know, my name is, I'm running for office, you know, here are the issues that are important to me, I'd love to hear what's important to you. Um, and that's how we reach the voters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we said before, I think that that's one of the important things is just getting people more in, like keeping people in the know, you know, because I'll be honest, when I was younger, I would never really heard anyone talking about who was running for office, what they were trying to do, I feel like politics has definitely gotten to be a much bigger topic in recent years, Mm. probably within the last 10 years. Now, everywhere I look, everything is political, regardless of where I look. So I think that there definitely needs to be a balance as far as that goes, because not everything has to be political. Yeah, it
1: can be overwhelming. It's like, no, I can understand Your family, like, I'm a mom of three. I've got other things happening in my life other than having to watch the news. And so you're right. And it's it's been a bit, you know, all-consuming. And it's not healthy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But uh, just for the sake of time, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as far as, you know, any advice that you would have for the citizens of this state?
1: I would tell them that, you know... I, one of my professors once said, uh, you have the government that you elect. And it's true. You have the government that you elect. So if you're unhappy with the way that things are going, find out who your senator is, find out who your rep is, both here locally and even uh, nationally. And then, you know, put some uh, put some time, in, not even that much, but into who else is running and what they believe. I used to put a lot of importance... On who the president was and and the president is important but when you look at how policy is made and how it affects you most of the time it's going to be through the decisions that are made here at the state level here at the state house and so although president is super important I would say equally important are the people that represent you here
0: yeah it starts closer to home Yeah. All right. Well, Senator, thank you for sitting down with us. To all of you listening, thank you for tuning in to Right Wing RI. And as always, we'll see you next time.